This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 19 of Equestrian Legends, presented by Pessoa. Hello, I'm Chris Stafford, and my guest this week is Brazilian show jumper, coach, breeder, and founder of the Pessoa brands, Nelson Pessoa. Nelson Pessoa Filho was born on December 16, 1935, in Rio de Janeiro, one of four children of Nelson and Antonieta Lemos Pessoa. Despite being nervous with horses as a child, his father encouraged him to pursue riding as a career and he became one of the first Brazilian civilian riders to excel in the sport that had until that period been dominated by the military. He made his debut in international competition in neighbouring Argentina, but it was an opportunity to move to Switzerland in the early 60s that launched him into the spotlight as a talented horseman and competitor. He rode in five Olympic Games and nine World Championships, His first Olympic start was in Stockholm 1956, when he was just 21 years old. Other career highlights include two gold and one silver medal in Pan American Games, becoming European champion and four times Brazilian national champion. He was a master of derby classes, winning the prestigious Hamburg Derby a record seven times and the Hickstead Derby three times. His international career also includes over 150 Grand Prix wins in Europe and 100 puissance competitions. Among his well-known partners were Grand Geste, Vivaldi, Nagier and Special Envoy. His instinct with horses and profound understanding as a horseman, combined with his skills as a rider and competitor, have garnered respect by his peers the world over and the admiration of his many fans. He is revered wherever he goes and considered a legend in his own lifetime. His skills as a coach are evident in the success of his son, Rodrigo. Nelson has a small breeding operation in Belgium. He is the founder and owner of Pessoa Brands, and he lives with his wife, Regina, in Brussels, Belgium, and they have one grandchild. Well, Neko, it is a pleasure to have you on the Equestrian Legends show. Thank you so much for joining me. That is my pleasure. Now, catching up with you in your home in Belgium, living in Brussels right now, and uh, obviously as busy as ever with your coaching and with your breeding business and with, of course, your Pessoa brand of products. I want to talk about all of those things. But first of all, let's get a sense of what Neko does in a typical day now, because you don't ride as much, do you? No, no, almost not at all. Since 10 years when I stopped competing, well, in the beginning I have, um, I have uh, keeping some activity on riding, but now I'm uh, traveling to follow my students and to follow Rodrigo and his competitions and our team. So, and then I, uh, little by little, I lost uh, a bit of the interest in on riding. Well, you certainly do keep busy. I want to talk a little bit about your product of Pessoa brands of saddles, of course. And, yeah. uh, you have, what, I think 13 different designs of for jumping and several for dressage, as well as, of course, the bridles and, uh, and, and the many yes. accessories. Was this your idea, Neko? 
Yes, yes. I um on my beginning of my career, uh, nineteen sixty when I arrived uh, in Europe, I I got I got a, a very interesting on uh, on the, the several business and uh, because I try I, I try first to manufacture one saddle for myself, the saddle that existed in this time in the sixties was a little bit the heavier ones that was the French saddles Danlu or the the famous Hermes saddles Tenkraus or Doriola that was very flat. I tried to get something in between and then uh, so in the end is the the, the saddle that everybody uses now and with the time the industry of the leather developed a lot so uh we we really can't uh, say that uh, uh, the different saddles that exist now in the market are very comfortable for the rider. And then uh, in the straightway, I I bring my type of saddle to to Hermes. So Hermes developed for for ten years, and then uh, and then I have uh, the honor to have uh, uh, the Pessoa saddle. Uh, manufacturer and sold by the house MS has the Stenkraus saddle and the Pierre Doriola saddle. And uh, later on, 10 years after, uh, I didn't have uh, one commercial agreed with, with the MS. And then I do my, my, my only way, my own way, bring the saddles, uh, bring the model to England. And then uh, we manufactured this saddle in England, in Walsall, uh, in one of the factories. They have a lot of factories. And then I have been on the market for a long time. And uh, later on, I get associated with the Talar Barteria Diaz in Argentina. And then uh, they begin to manufacture the saddles in Argentina. So clearly this is something that you enjoy. The brand of Pessoa is legendary around the world now. You have an enormous market with these products. And you have a wonderful shop window in, of course, uh, Rodrigo is out there competing and many other riders with these saddles all the time now. Yes. Uh, does he get involved with you with the business at all? Uh, well, no, Rodrigo, more or less, more or less. Uh, of course, well, he rides with the saddle, and then uh, so every year we try to to bring some uh, some changements and uh, make the saddle better and better. Because when we change, my saddle was uh, let's say the first uh, commercial commercial saddle that we call close contact saddle. And then well, now we are about uh, more than 30 saddles in the market on the same, uh, more or less identical, you know. And, uh, and, um, and also uh, we try to develop other things that the cover, cover for the horse, the blankets, and uh, the bridles, and uh, all the kind of uh, tech that uh, we like to use. And then uh, so... We, uh, we put data on the market uh, through now through this factory of Luis Diaz. 
Clearly leading the market, not just with the close contact saddle, but all the other products as well, Neko. Yes, yes. And, and creating yet another product out there that will forever be memorialized under the Pessoa name. But I want to take you way back, Neko, to the beginning of this and establishing the name Pessoa in the show jumping world. It all began, of course, in Brazil. You were born in 1935, and uh, I believe you started jumping when there were so many military riders, and you were one of the first civilians. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. How did this horses come about, Neko? Were your parents yes. interested? So, um, on the, on the, around the 42, um, 1942, more or less during the war, um, uh, Brazil have been involved with this uh, on this world, and then uh, we used to live in in one uh, in one uh, country house outside town with my father. That was very close to the cavalry school, and then on this time my father was about 35, and I don't know why reason uh, because the contact with some uh, officers. He uh, became uh, interested on horses and started to ride himself. I was about seven, and then uh, uh, he, well, put me on the horse and tried to to make me ride and to follow to follow him. I was was not my cup of tea. I didn't like too much. I was uh, scared, and also that during more or less uh, four years, from seven to 11. And then uh, when I was 11 years old, we moved up to, to Rio, to, to, to downtown, uh, and, uh, and uh, my father bring uh, my horses to the riding club, where is the, the, the famous show today of um, uh, Onassis' uh, show, and then, uh, and then by this time, I lost this uh, this uh, fight, and then uh, and then I start to to enjoy riding, and uh, and from 12 uh, up to 18, I was riding on this club that is big club. I have about 350, 400 horses. I was riding full time, and my father was very enthusiastic, and uh, he fed me on horses and uh, and put me way to compete uh, of course on this time of uh was uh, we never saw that uh i will have the idea to be an international rider in in, in brazil on this time in the 50s it was absolutely amateur sport and uh, nobody can make a living from horses uh, so at that uh, i have been compete and riding from the 12 to my 18 years old of age. And after that, I start to, to, to compete internationally with our national team. I went first to Argentina, Chile, and then Europe. So after that, my taste for this professional beginning to increase. And, uh, after being in Europe two or three times and in the United States, uh, that was until the, the end of the 50s. Uh, 
I, I really enjoy, and I said, uh, well, uh, I, I want to be a, a, a professional rider, international rider. So, and then uh, in the 60s, beginning of the 60s, I, I have the opportunity to move to Europa, to Switzerland, with, uh, with uh, a friends that are used to live in there. The wife was a rider. Uh, amateur ride, of course, and then uh, I came to Europe with my horses and stayed definitely in Europe. That was in '61. You have two sisters and one brother. Were they at all interested in the horses? Did they ride? With my you? my my brother later on, later on, on the age of uh, 14 or 15, beginning to ride a little bit, and my two sisters not at all, not at all. Now, what was your mother's view of all this, of, of your father encouraging you? Well, my mother was um, the um, daughter of an Italian family, immigrates to Brazil, uh, very, very kind of a, the, the mama, the Italian mama, very, very quiet and fallen what my father uh, planned. And my father was a very interested in sport. He played football. He made gymnastic, and he was a riding, and uh, and he was a kind of very dynamic gentleman. And uh, he was on the real estate business. Uh, so, and then, well, that's get my my passion, you know. Is uh, uh, so I let's say I have this uh, career, national career from the beginning of the 50s at, until 60s. And then uh, 61, I moved to Europe, to Switzerland, where I stayed eight years. And then uh, this family stopped with the horses uh, uh, because the lady didn't want to continue to ride. And, uh, and then I moved to France, and then I started on my own. Uh, kind of a uh, business on uh, riding and bring horses uh, to compete. And uh, where I stay 12 years in France, I moved to Chantilly because I have friends there that uh, yeah, used to be a race trainer, Miguel Clement, and that was a great trainer in, in race horses. And, uh, and after that, uh, I moved to Belgium, to Brussels, because I... Uh, we chose to live in one small town, and then uh, uh, we really like Brussels uh, a lot. And then it's very much in the center of uh, Europe, uh, and where we stay now for 30 years. So, and then make the 50 years that uh, we have been with the, involved with the horses and uh, international and um, all this career. So going back uh, briefly, if I may, to your childhood again, Neko, where did you go to school? In Brazil, when I was uh, seven, uh, uh, five uh, to uh, to twelve, I was on my uh, on this little town. I was in the, on the, on the primary school, and then when we moved to downtown in Rio, I was continuing uh, as a student uh, from twelve to seventeen uh, on my secondary uh, studs. And then, uh, and then by 1718, I was not uh, not uh, interested on in following any professional, uh, as a, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or so. 
I was not uh, the, the most brilliant student. I was uh, working a little bit with my father in the, on his business, and then also in the advertising business and uh, and the real estate business. That was the, 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 the only business of my father. And then uh, uh, from 18 to 20, we got all this uh, traveling to Europe and to the United States. So my father was supporting me. I have good horses. And uh, and then I was uh, something I stand by, you know, to see what uh, what happened. And then uh, in 60, we decided uh, to come to Europe. And then I got married, got my two horses on the boat, and traveled to Europe. Well, it's often been said, Neko, that you have done for Brazilian show jumping what Pelé did for football. But who were your role models when you were looking at the sport in the early days of your career? In this time, I was always uh, have a lot of sense of uh, observation, and, and I was always very curious. So from my beginning... I was uh, following the top riders in the, in the 50s. The, the most uh, famous riders uh, was the South America. There was really brilliant riders. Uh, the, the Chile team, the Argentinian, and the Brazilian. In Europe, I was uh, uh, Fritz Tiedemann and uh, already uh, Hans Gunther Winkler. And then notes, and uh, I admire a lot uh, the Dinzeos, Goiwaga, Doriola, and some of the Americans, because the Americans begin on this time, more or less, to move to Europe to compete with Bert Denemity, with Frank Chapeau, um, um, Bill Stenklau, Mary, Mary Mears, and Kathy Kuznas, and some others. And then, when I come here to the 60s and, uh, and uh, all the years, I was following these people, you know, and then... Uh, observed them, and then that was my my example, my idol, all these guys, Chocomula, and then, uh, so, and then I, uh, I got a, a more or less in the end, in the middle of the 61, to the end of the 61, I begin to have a success in the top competitions in Europe. I won the Grand Prix in Brussels, and the San Gallen, and then I beginning to make part of this family of the top riders in this moment. And then from 62 on, I really, my career have been a very, uh, very success. And then uh, I, I got a really, I adapt my kind of life to, uh, to the show jumping. And then uh, I beginning to, I start to, to learn uh, uh, dressage because I saw that it was very important to to my career because in Brazil, in this time, I was uh, young and tried only to jumping and uh, and then I I I, uh, I got very interesting on the on the on the dressage also and uh, I have the opportunity to meet a uh, uh, good people in Germany, uh, the lady, famous lady in this time, Rosemary Springer. On her trainer, William Fuchs, uh, Schultas, and Bob Gunther, I come friend with these people, and then uh, I develop my my skill on the flat work, 
and then uh, and then also on teaching because I was helping this lady uh, called Jivoda, uh, and then I developed on 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 the also and teaching people and uh, following people because it was one of the way to make a living. Uh, I was uh, never very very interesting on 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 the horse dealing, so. Uh, don't my 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 life and the way to the way to uh, to survive was uh teaching and competing for for the prize money and uh and so and then i have been uh, done all these years with the, with uh, this idea in uh, later on uh well i opened from 65 beginning to come riders from brazil to europe uh, like uh, Fernandes, Simões, and then uh, a lot of riders. I think uh, I, uh, I'm talking about a hundred riders from Brazil that uh, that have been uh, moved to Europe, and uh, and now uh, Belgium have been in Brussels uh, have been the place that these people all uh, got established. Uh, now Doda, Rodrigo. Bernardo Alves, Pedro Venice, they are all uh, coming to set on his uh, flag in, in Brussels. Yeah. Yes, it's quite a roster of international show jumpers. But tell us, how did you meet your wife, Regina? So, and then in this time, when I have this invitation and this opportunity to, to come to Europe, that was the end of the 60s. It was by the time of the Olympic Games in Rome, I was fiancé with my actual wife, Regina, and then I have this invitation, and I said, okay, I, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, to come that along, and then, uh, okay, my, my wife was not at all from uh, a horse family. She never rode and never see a horse in her life. And then uh, we decided, and then she agreed to marry, and then uh, we married in December 60, 19 of December 60, and on 5th uh, of uh, January, we jump on the boat with the horses to come to Europe okay. to join this family of friends of mine in Geneva, where we stay eight years. So she did not have a horsey background. Now we bring one horse for her, and she rode a little bit at home, uh, uh, but not have to compete, uh, and uh, just... Uh, just a kind of a fun, uh, uh, flat work and, uh, at home uh, with her horse. Well, I want to talk about uh, your horses, Neko, but before we go any further, you did have an interesting nickname when you were back in South America, the Wizard, and now, of course, the world knows you as Neko. What's the story behind those two nicknames? Well, this nickname, this is uh, uh, one of my sisters, when I was young, and uh, she uh, she's a little bit older than me, and uh, and uh, I think uh, the story that uh, she have a uh, uh, difficulty to pronounce my name Nelson, and then uh, and she called me Neko, and then uh, you know in Brazil everybody have a nickname, and then uh, all right, and then uh, myself as soon that I as far that I remember. Uh, people call me Neko, yeah? uh, and then uh, uh, never—that's uh, never a change. 
Well, one of the earliest and most successful horses you ever had, of course, was Grand Geste. Tell us how you found this wonderful partner. Yeah. So when uh, when I got the plan to uh, to come to Europe, and uh, my 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 uh, godfather, that was uh, Count uh, Luciano de la Porta. Uh, I have seen Grand Jess in Brazil compete with one uh, one officer uh, and compete in the good competition, but it was very very difficult horse. And then uh, I have the opportunity to jump Grand Jest in one final of a national championship in the south of Brazil. And then I was uh, very, very keen on the horse. And uh, when, when I have the invitation to come to Europe, my godfather uh, bought the horse and uh, gave it to me to bring to Europe. He paid $3,000 for him at this time. And then I was most of that excited to um, to have this horse and bring him, so that uh, he was a part of my bags. Uh, I bring a Grand Jester and one other horse called F- F- Orofino. And then and the lady that I was uh, I was uh, involved with, she got a three or four horses, and uh, and I also beginning to ride some of her horses. And after the first year, in this time, we produced in South America, Brazil and Argentina, nice horses. Uh, and then I began to bring horses from South America uh, uh, to, to Europe. So, and then I competed all the 60s, only exclusively with the South American horses. Uh. And this grand gesture, on the beginning, was a kind of... Um, uh, uh, pain on my shoe because I stole my shoe because it was very difficult. But I was insist and uh, and riding him and try things. And sudden, this horse decided really to settle down and became uh, one fantastic horse. And then uh, he won for me 44 international Grand Prix and everywhere in uh, England, Germany, Aachen, Hamburg, Dusseldorf, Frankfurt. Uh, everywhere, and he became a really a jumping machine. He certainly was. What kind of personality was he, Neko? He was a, uh, by a thoroughbred called, um, called Monge Negro, that was a thoroughbred uh, uh, with the French, uh, with the French uh, blood, a racehorse, and uh, the mother was a Criollo mare, you know, just, just as a country horse, one little mare, 152, 50, 151, and uh, he was a kind of a, a really, you know, a predestined to be a, to be a top horse. It's very sensitive, very spared, very, very alive, and uh, uh, very careful. His officer that beginning, uh, beginning his career in, uh, in Brazil, uh, he was commandant of uh, one of the cavalry regiments in Brazil, and every year he conducted a charge of cavalry, and he was leading with this horse. So I make this horse absolutely, well, kind of crazy, you know, and excited with that. And uh, and then uh, and then was my my first uh, toy, you know. Uh, and uh, he was uh, he he was very excited, and then uh, he uh, didn't want to to quiet and to 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 to. So I was lunging him a lot, uh, and. Uh, 
following the end, the, the horse uh, understand. I didn't have at this time so much uh, experience. My godfather, he was uh, Italian, and uh, used to live in Rome and knows the Dinzeos very well. And in '61, when I was in Rome with the horse, he arranged one meeting with the, the, with Raimondo. So he introduced to me Raimondo. Raimondo was just uh, six months before won the Olympic Games in Rome and the World Championship in Venice. And Raimondo agreed to ride the horse and uh, give me some advice. And uh, so uh, Raimondo rode the horse. And, <coughs> and he was very disappointed. I said, oh, the horse is very hot. And he needs a lot of work, quiet at home, jump to small classes and so And then we see. But it was exactly opposite to what I was using to do because I, I need the horse and the horse it was kind of he was not competitive but uh, well he he was jumping uh, so in the end uh, uh, on the road and uh, the try well something was really the destination of the horse and my career and more or less in June July the horse settled down and beginning to jump wonderful. So, and then, uh, uh, straightway, I won this derby in Hamburg and Hickstead, and, uh, and in 64, uh, the Grand Prix of Aachen. The data was, uh, uh, you know, uh, was just like a, a snowball, you know, more and more, better and better, he got better and better. And then I used him from 61 until 69. And, uh, yeah, and this horse, he was, uh, a kind of a rock, you know, he never see the veterinary, he never lame, he never sick. He was uh, just uh, with the energy of the, the, the Creole horse, you know, is our cowboy horse, you know. How old was he when he retired? We retired him when he was 16, and he lived uh, until 32. Wow, terrific life. Yeah, and he jumped with me from 8 to 16, from... Uh, Eight to sixteen, he jumped nine years with me. Now, what type of horse were you looking for when you came to Europe, Neko, and you set up in Switzerland, as you said, and you were looking for the right type of partner to continue your well, career? Well, I, you know, on this time for us, uh, the, 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 the warm blood horse was not our type of dog. We use uh, and we like to ride. Uh, uh, horses are almost close to the thoroughbred. And we didn't have the chance to ride too much thoroughbred in Brazil, some ones, but all mixed horse. That was the kind of the Argentina and Brazilian horse. That was the thoroughbred with the, 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 uh, the Criollo. Not, uh, even not uh, the warm blood horse, because uh, in Brazil and Argentina didn't have uh, any mare from uh, with uh, with uh, uh, European blood. The breeding was exclusive, the thoroughbred with the with the Criollo, and there was kind of horses not very big, in between uh, fifteen three and uh, sixteen two, and uh, but uh, with uh, with a lot of uh, energy and a lot of class. Uh, if you see on the Lane Peak. On this 50 and 60s, you see uh, these horses, uh, Discutido, Santa Fe, Grand Jester, Kanguru. Top horse jumping, uh, they make uh, really fewer in, in Europe. 
And, uh, you know, the Chilean jumping two meters, 49, uh, with a kind of a thoroughbred, uh, and then, and so on, and so on. You know, it's, um, but unfortunately, our, our breeding was not uh, very organized, and uh, these people let these, uh, these kind of uh, stallions go away, and uh, and then when they, they begin to replace that uh, with uh, warm uh, blood uh, by second class, and then uh, we finish our breeding. Take me back to the 50s and 60s, Neko, when you were on the team competing in Olympic Games, European Championships, Pan American Games, and all the medals that you won. Give us a sense of the fond memories of some of those shows. So when I, when I, I, when I joined our team, it was in 56 for the Olympic Games in Stockholm. Our team from the army have been before in 52 in Helsinki, where they have a brilliant fourth place individual and a team. Uh, one of the, one of our, uh, member was Coronel Menezes. Uh, went to the jump off with uh, Fritz Tiedemann, with the Doriola, and with the, uh, uh, Hector Christ for and and Fritz Tiedemann for the for the gold medal individual in '52. So in '56 when we came in again, uh, so what, that was my first uh, my first trip to to Europe. So, but we, this time we didn't have uh, the organization. Our horses are uh, uh, leaving from Rio to uh, Rio to Stockholm directly, fly, fly. On this time, uh, to cross the Atlantic was 24 hours. And by the time they arrived in Stockholm, the horse was not in good condition. We arrived one week before the games. And then, uh, so we we uh, we finished tense and uh, not uh, not so well. So after that, we wait for one trip in Europe. We wait one month. We move to Aachen and we stay four weeks in Aachen because it was our next show. Because uh, instead to begin by small shows and go up to finish in the Olympics, we make it the other way around. We begin from the Olympics and then we make a trip. So we stand with the horses four weeks in um, in Aachen, and then in '56 in the CSO of Aachen with the 22 teams, we won the Nations Cup with only three riders, and uh, and we uh, against the top Germany team with Winkler, Tiedemann, Meteor, Halla, and all American and Italian, Raimondo, Piero, Lopez, uh, with everybody. Uh, and then we 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 followed one trip in Europe to London, Dublin, and uh, and Belgium Spa, and so that was very very successful. Then we went back to Brazil, and then come back next year again, and then to America in '59, and so on and so on. Yes, of course, uh, the 1956 Melbourne Olympics could not hold the equestrian events because of quarantine regulations, which is... Exactly, exactly. That was in Stockholm, these games, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, being the stylist that you were and the known for your classical style, Neko, I'm curious as to whether you preferred the first round and the derby 
courses which you became a master of winning so many or did you enjoy just as much going at speed no it's uh, uh, when i jumped my first derby was in hamburg in 61 and then i i start i jumped three horses in the derby i never been jumping uh, competition uh, competition and banks and all these things i was in hamburg for me I was absolutely surprised to see that. Mm-hmm. And I started with three horses, Spartaco, Grandest, and one medium, very medium horse, Orfeo Negro. And, uh, <coughs> and I have no idea. When I saw, when I saw this Hamburg Derby, I, uh, I opened my eyes just as big as uh, uh, And then I said, my God, what, what is this? And uh, I have a photo with Grandest and Spartaco, but uh, not a very bad round, I didn't remember. But I was clear round with Orfeo Negro. And I went to the jump off, and I finished second. Raimundo Dinzeo won with Posilipo, 61. So and then I come back on 62, and then I won in 62. Uh, and Raimundo was second, and I won with Grand Jest. And then in 63, I won again. Uh, uh, um, and in 63 was the year that my father was coming and I finished first and second. Now I was the only two clear rounds and all the story of the Hamburg Derby. And after that, I, Hamburg became really my competition. Now at the beginning of the year, I was only thinking Hamburg. I, was, uh, I said, look, the Grand Prix of Aachen, that is... Uh, is not my cake. Is uh, really too much, and then uh, uh, so I, and then I begin really enthusiastic with the, with the, with the, the derby of Hamburg, and then after '63, Douglas Bunn invited me to go to Hickstead. He said, "Look, I have my show. It's a new show. You, you must come as a winning of Hamburg. Or you come to jump in, in Hickstead, and I went to Hickstead." And then Hickstead uh, was even more difficult than Hamburg. I said, my God, what are I doing here? And then I won again with Grand Jess. You did. 63. And then I became a really absolutely fan of uh, derbies. Eh? And then all my career, I won 20 derbies eh? and seven in Hamburg. Hickstead again in 65. And then I was in Milano, and then, uh, well, and then all time for me, uh, the derby was a... Uh, uh, I don't care. Ever any horse I have, I make them jump in the abyss. And <laughs> then uh, I won the Hamburg seven times, and then Hickstead uh, three times, and uh, Milano and uh, Eindhoven, and uh, well, uh, that's make me twenty twenty derbies in total. Yes. That I was really enjoy to jump in the to jump in. The derbies and in this time of the 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 the, the, the sport, we used to have a, a banks and uh, and I was uh, really keen on, on jumping the banks. Didn't didn't me uh, afraid at all. And uh, and in Brazil, we don't have a, in this time even now we don't have a derbies. But I was riding a lot in the on the cavalry school in Rialengo where we beat the Olympic Games in 2016. 
and there was a lot of natural natural fence. That is, is one place called Virisino, is a, a one place that the army used for maneuver of the the soldiers and uh, <coughs> and uh, the cavalry school is just by this this thing this place and uh, we have been used to ride in a lot on this uh, natural in the natural things and uh, no these are really big deep uh, banks and uh, and actually when we came when I came to jump in in Europe I was uh, I jumped in very well these uh, these competitions in Ireland with the two banks I don't know if you remember yes I do I jump in that perfect <laughs> perfect you know and and it was very special, very special banks. Uh, these two banks in um, in, uh, in in Ireland, you know, they they call the Irish Bank. And then the 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 FEI stop, and then they 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 destroy uh, this this uh, these banks. And there was a seriously good bank at the Kickstead Derby too, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. And then it was really this one was uh, absolutely. Absolutely famous, you know. It was, it was quite complicated. She was very, very hot, and then uh, the horse sometimes lost balance and uh, fell. Uh, always uh, have some accidents in in in, in Hickstead. And then later on, I have a little time with uh, no couple of years that uh, I didn't have a really good winner of uh, Hamburg of Derby in Hamburg, and also. Uh, Hamburg became uh, really very, very famous shows, and everybody, every year, uh, riders go to Hamburg, like uh, Eddie Mackin and uh, Alvin, and uh, and I didn't have really top horses to to win the day, but I have been a lot, a lot, and I think I was placed about more than 20 times in Hamburg, second, third, fifth, tenth, and so. And then comes the time of Vivaldi, <laughs> that was in ninety in the nineties, and then I won with Vivaldi three three, three straightway uh, back to back in ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. Well, no, ninety two, ninety three, ninety four with Vivaldi, and then in nineteen sixty, ninety six with Vivaldi again in in Hickstead. Yes, how did you find Vivaldi? Where did he come from? So uh, Vivaldi coming on the time that uh, I used to uh, to ride and help ID that uh, we have been uh, and we are very very good friends and for 20 years I uh, I have been uh, very close to to ID Howdy uh, uh, and uh, and uh, ID her brother is Max that uh, you remember him yes of course uh, he was uh, always deal with the Irish horses. And uh, and then I begin to ride in uh, Irish horse by the time of uh, the time I stay with Heidi, and then uh, Vivaldi was uh, uh, Max horse and he jumping with him uh, championships and so, and then uh, I, I bought from Max, and then also special envoy and town boy and uh, and a lot of Irish horses. Uh. And I really enjoy to ride the the the, the, the Irish horse. Yeah. It was really my my type of horse. Yeah. Suited your temperament. Yeah, maybe, you know, light and the horse with good mounts, and and we've never been so 
keen on the on the warm blood horses, or the Germany and uh, but so in the end the Irish finished. They don't breed better horses anymore. South America finished, and then it was necessary to move uh, to uh, to the German and to the Dutch horses. Yeah. I want to talk about your temperament, Neko, because clearly, you know, your success has been based on being a very patient and classical horseman. What do you, though, perceive to have been your greatest strengths? So, so always as a recommendation of um, of, uh, of my father. My father was not a great horseman. You know, he is his amateur rider, but he always, he always said, observe, observe, looking, observe. He bring me to when I was a kid, 14 years old. He bring me to Chile just to observe and uh, and see the, these famous riders on this moment. And uh, and then after uh, on the 60s, when I was in company with uh, with the uh, with the Brazilian riders uh, Ferreira and uh, Menezes, my father said, observe them, observe them. So when I come to Europe, that what happened to me. I was observing the, the great riders. Uh, uh, the different school in this time, né? the Italians with Raymond and Pierre, the Germany with Winkler, Schockmüller, Doriola, and then, and I, I was I was very curious and I observed a lot, and then I tried to learn on a, a bit of dressage on this dressage table, and uh, and then uh, and after after that straightway on the straight. I, I have the, the, the opportunity to meet um, Bert Denemity and the American writer that became a very good friend. Kathy Kuzer was one of my, my great friend. And uh, when she was not with the team, she always come to our, our stable where I have been. And uh, with, uh, with, uh, with Bert, I observed a lot his organization, his patience, and, and, and his knowledge to conduct a team, and so for me, it was the, the great uh, train uh, of uh, all time. And then after that, you know, I, 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 I learned, and, and then with this Garajas horse really teach me the patient because it was the only way. He was so, so crazy and so excited that the only way was to be patient with him. And then, um, well, uh, you know, all these things, all these things together, and uh, I, I begin to, 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 to compete and see a lot of the Americans. And then I say that that is, is my way of riding, you know, that is on um, this style uh, that uh, the, the Americans uh, create. Because uh, before Bird and Nemity, you know, uh, the, the, style, the style of the American uh, rider was completely different. The time of jumping uh, this Barney Ward and uh, some other riders. Uh, Sammy Brooks, and then uh, was one one style absolutely really old fashioned. <clears throat> but uh, uh, Bert bring it to to the American, the European way of riding because uh, on the on the before the war, uh, the the these these countries from uh, east, uh, Hungarian and uh, Poland and so they have a wonderful way of riding. <clears throat> And that's what brings uh, <clears throat> bring to the American the knowledge of biodynamity. Uh, of, uh, and then I, I, I really adapt because I have a, a different, a completely different style and a way of riding. 
and then uh, I really tried to copy this uh, this school of uh, of writing, and uh, with the possibility and uh, with the interest in on on uh, on writing on the flat uh, and uh, with the, on the dressage knowledge of the Germany, né? and uh, so and then from the let's say on the 60s, I more or less make my my own style that I think now is a little bit international because in this time we have the Italians that arrived completely different than the Germany. The Germany completely different of the French and, and the English very, very natural. That I also always I appreciate a lot, you know, when the comedy writers, Alan Oliver, Teddy Edgar and, uh, and uh, Ted Williams, uh, I became a very good friend of Ted Williams. I got to use it to stay a lot with him in England. So then I learned, I learned a lot with this, uh, these people to how to keep a horse and, uh, uh, you know, to, to the, the management of uh, the really natural because uh, nobody better than an uh, old Englishman to know about horses. Uh. So and then all this mix that uh, making me, I make my little bit my my own school, and uh, that I think now is a little bit very international because we don't see too much, too much difference in between riders anymore uh, that we could observe in the 60s and, uh, and 70s. Well, obviously, as a competitor, you competed against all the top names in the sport in that wonderful golden... For the, for the three generations, you know? Yes. I, I saw... I, 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 my first competition I won, uh, and I beat uh, the famous uh, Colonel Welling with Fox Hunter in Ireland. <laughs> and from this time, you know? It's, uh, yes. And then uh, all the generation of the, the Germany, uh, uh, Tiedemann, Blinker, Schokamurus, and then coming, you know... Um, Wilfang uh, and so on and so on, the Italians also, and then the French, and then the other generation after that, the 80 generation, and then now I, uh, because I was competing a lot in the in the 90s also with uh, with the the, the new uh, the new generation, the generation of Rodrigo, no? uh, Eddie Mackin, uh, well, Eddie Mackin was a little bit before, but uh, the Irish team that was, and then the, the generation of. Uh, Rodrigo and then the people that are on top riders now. Yes, and I, I'm curious though, when you were competing, Neko, were you ever nervous? Did anything ever intimidate you before a big competition? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, when, uh, um, because um, uh, the most important thing that uh, when I, I compete, because it was uh, the the, the the price money or the winning of the the the, the, the competition was uh, was my only way only way of life, you know, to 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 win my life and uh, and to make uh, to survive. So uh, always I have a depression because I I uh, <clears throat> since from the beginning I I never been employed by somebody, you know. I was writing by for myself. And then, uh, and then it was uh, really necessary to jump in fences clear. <laughs> and then, uh, and my federation, my country, never helped us at all. You know, myself and nobody. You know, our federation is poor. Don't have they? Have, they don't have a 
uh, any substantial uh, uh, money to uh, to help riders. Uh, so, um, and then that's uh, uh, put make me a lot of pressure now. Well, clearly, Rodrigo has inherited your genes to be the horseman and sportsman that he he is. What was your most enduring messages to him when he was learning to be a horseman? Yeah. So when he beginning to ride, when he was about six, that was beginning with like every kid, beginning with the pony or the pony club. And my house in, in France in this time, I have a little bit small arena that was an old tennis court that we change and we make a little arena. Father Rodrigo have his ponies and uh, ride in, in Chantilly. After that, uh, we moved to Belgium. I have Brussels, was in 81. Uh, and also he continued, he continued uh, to ride uh, ponies. Uh, and I have the pony. Uh, we live in, in town, in the, in the area of Eucle, uh, where I have a, a lot of riding clubs. So... Uh, well, I have always keeping uh, one or two ponies for him on this uh, place. He, he was never very much in the stable because my the stable was always a little bit far from from the town. And then, um, but uh, when when I f- more or less uh, understand that Rodrigo was talent to ride, and then uh, I uh, beginning uh, to put on him exactly. Uh, uh, this way of uh, have a good style and uh, and uh, behave uh, as a modest person and uh, and uh, try to work hard as possible. And for him, on this time, when he beginning when he was about fifteen, was my great time. Uh, I have a lot of horses in the stable, so he have this opportunity to ride and uh, to choice uh, the horses that uh, suit him. Uh, and um, and I always try to to gather him on the horse that uh, uh, some old ones and uh, and uh, Rodrigo when he was uh, junior seventeen <laughs> the year of his seventeen he rode the world championship in Stockholm in ninety with uh, with the special envoy and uh, six months before he jumped in his first Nations Cup in Rome. With one of our old horse called Chandon Imperial, that was exactly. And six months after, we gave him a special envoy, and he competed in Stockholm. And then he was <clears throat> the best rider of our team. I rode Vivaldi, and we have two other two other guys from Brazil. And Rodrigo finished nine with a special envoy. And then uh, I was always take care. <clears throat> Always take care to have him on the proper horse, the right horse, safe, and uh, to give him the chance to to develop a, a good riding. What was your message to him, though, Neko? Because clearly you wanted him to be a successful rider, but as a horseman. Well, that was um, the first is um, because uh, uh, a straightway. He was a successful rider that was first on his personality uh, to be modest, don't uh, have a big head, and uh, and uh, the discipline, and then uh, respect the horses, 
and uh, try to be uh, really a horseman that uh, I think he uh, he 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 adapted his character and then uh, he really became uh, a, a a really a, a horseman. And after that, we we come in the era of the sponsor and. Uh, to have this notion of uh, you need a sponsor and then uh, you know, the owner uh, have a good uh, good relation with uh, your owners and uh, with uh, with your sponsor and I think is one thing that uh, Rodrigo really do very well because uh, he always have a very <clears throat> very good relationship with his sponsors a commercial sponsor like uh, IMG before Loro Piana. And the Moete Chandon, and now Rolex. Hmm? Yes. He, uh, he he did that really well. He certainly did. Now, when you look back on your career, Neko, which accomplishments are you most proud of? Well, and then um, I think um, you know that I was the first international rider in Europe to turn professional in '74. Uh, here in Europe, all the riders was. Uh, have uh, the, the status of an uh, amateur. And uh, just to have some professional riders in America, but never come to, to Europe to compete because uh, the shows was for, for the amateur. He actually, in the American team, they never bring um, uh, Barney Ward or, or Rodney Jenkins or, or these riders. And then in 74, I beginning to to have the difficulty of find uh, owners and uh, find uh, uh, found to uh, to uh, to to compete and uh, to 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 keep your horses and I always I was a little bit uh, when I was young I was uh, working with uh, with advertise and then I was following a lot of the race the race uh, cars uh, competitions. And then uh, my dream was, uh, you know, to make uh, the ride uh, exactly what they they do in, in race cars. And in '74, I I get contact with uh, with uh, this Moet uh, Chandon people, and I, I offer. In this in this time, I have the luck to have uh, uh, a few horses good from a family in in, uh, in Geneva. And the Moet Chandon uh, take that opportunity, and then we we opened up, and I I changed my my status to professional with Moet Chandon. That's making me out of the four Olympic teams, four Olympic competitions after 76, 80, 84, and uh, 88, and then the the Olympic International Committee uh, have the decision to open all the sport, all the Olympics to the professionals, uh, to the, the professional sportmen. It was in 88 in Seoul, where the, uh, the American begins to bring the, the dream team in basketball and football and so on and so on. So on. That was the, the, the survival of the, 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 the quality of the sport in the Olympic Games. Did you have any favorite shows, though, Neko, of all the showgrounds you competed in? For me, it was uh, uh, Aachen and Hamburg. That was... Uh, and also one show in France called Labol. 
Labol, yes. Yeah, that I won six times the derby in Labol. Yeah, absolutely record also. So yeah. and then this three show was my my really my preferred shows. Yeah. But Hamburg, Aachen, Labol. So I know this is a difficult question, Necker. Was there any one class that stands out in your memory today? Well, I think that is. Um, this, uh, this, uh, the first, uh, my first, uh, winning in, in, in Aachen in 64 when I won the Grand Prix in Aachen. And then in 96 with Vivaldi, that's when I won the Derby. I was 64. And, uh, no, I was 61. I was 61. And I just came for a, a quite a hard, uh, quite a hard, hard problem. Uh, a year before, and uh, and then uh, well, uh, yeah, actually I remember that uh, the 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 uh, by recommendation of the doctors, and I said, look, I begin to ride again, and then uh, and I, I use this uh, this watch that control your your heartbeat, and they said, okay, you also should never. Uh, Go over 170, 165, uh, and, and 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 we can see on my on my on my competition on the video uh, that I sometimes I look at my watch to see if my heart was in order. <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, I remember was uh, uh, really fun. Yeah. How would you like to be remembered, Neko? Would it be as a horseman or a sportsman? Oh, as a horseman, yeah. As a horseman. This is, uh, I have a, I, I, and, uh, and my love for the horses uh, are really big because uh, I stop uh, competing and then, uh, and uh, I, I really don't miss competition at all. I breed horses and I teaching people and, um, and I have, uh, and I still keeping the same interest as before. So how many horses would you have at home? You mentioned you have a small breeding operation, don't you? Yeah, it's small. Now, now I have a, Oh, I produce about... Um, uh, on the last 10 years. Uh, actually, Rodrigo won today with one of our horses called Baluchi. He won 10 competitions this year in Palm Beach. Uh, and uh, that was my first horse. That is, uh, he's 12 now. And then I think I... We have a producer with the mares that uh, we have been using competition, and we have stallions, Galobert and Canturu, and <coughs> we produce about uh, 15 to 20 horses. And uh, now I have one really excellent horses by Galobert also. His name is Born to Win. Rodrigo have Baluchin, and then I have some other ones called Pluto, and then, uh, well, we've got a, a good group of horses. We hope one one will be a top Grand Prix, top horses uh, one day. And uh, but uh, we really we small operation just for fun. Just for fun, as indeed it has all been. And Neko, I want to thank you so much for being my guest this week. It's been a real pleasure. Okay, then I hope to see you sometime. Absolutely. All right, Chris. Thank you so much, Neko. Thank you. Bye bye. You can find out more about the full range of Pessoa products by visiting their website at PessoaSaddles.com.
Please join me again next time when we visit the life of another equestrian legend.